You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now a word from our sponsor, Netscope. Netscope is a worldwide leader in SASE and Zero Trust. Its unified platform, Netscope One, provides optimized access and zero trust security for people, devices, and data anywhere they go, helping customers reduce risk, accelerate performance, and get unrivaled visibility into any cloud, web, and private application activity. To learn more about how Netscope helps customers be ready for anything on their sassy journey, visit netskope.com. GCHQ may have known about the FBI's intentions to arrest Marcus Hutchins even before Hutchins departed England for Black Hat. A Chinese oil production field is thought to have sustained some sort of cyber incident similar to those involving NotPetya. U.S. Cyber Command receives elevated status. It's now the 10th unified combatant command. Ukrainian authorities warn that country's financial sector to expect a new wave of cyber attacks. Turla is back, inviting you to the G20 meetings. GPS spoofing fears rise dealing with extremism online, and another initial coin offering is hacked. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Monday, August 21st, 2017. The Sunday Times reported yesterday that Britain's GCHQ apparently knew the U.S. FBI intended to nab Marcus Hutchins when the White Hat showed up in Las Vegas for Black Hat. Apparently, no one wanted an extradition fight. There is, of course, no such fight since Hutchins was taken into custody in the United States. The report on GCHQ foreknowledge is unclear with respect to motive. Most discussion doesn't go beyond thinking that British security officials just wanted to do a solid for a close but grumpy partner. Hutchins, arrested on August 2nd and now out on bail, is working in the U.S. while he awaits his October trial. He's accused of having written, advertised, and sold the Kronos banking trojan. Hutchins was hailed as a hero for his role in flipping, more or less inadvertently, the kill switch on WannaCry, when that bit of pseudo-ransomware was biting the UK's National Health Service hard. His arrest remains controversial in security circles, with many white hat researchers feeling themselves newly vulnerable to similar prosecution. Some of the more overheated discussions have advised vulnerability researchers to boycott all conferences held in the U.S. Needless to say, that's unlikely in the extreme to happen. Sinopec's Shenli oil field in China, one of that country's larger production fields, announced this morning that it had disconnected many of its offices from the Internet. Early reports indicate a cyber attack, but the story is still new and developing. A short account distributed by Reuters and sourced to Cinepec's website is the principal report so far. The incident is vaguely characterized by Reuters as ransomware that hobbled big business across the globe. Presumably that would be either the NotPetya or WannaCry pseudo-ransomware code, but as we say, the story is still developing. U.S. Cyber Command will now become a unified combatant command. On Friday, President Trump made the formal announcement... Cyber Command has been a sub-command of U.S. Strategic Command. The upgrade in Cyber Command status has met with general approval. Many experts have long seen Cyber Command's current position, commanded by the Director NSA but operating as a subordinate organization of U.S. Strategic Command, as leading to fragmented and imperfectly focused cyberspace operations. 
Its close ties to NSA bring with them, many observers think, the familiar difficulties that arise when intelligence and operational missions are commingled. Operators responsible for intelligence tend to find themselves looking on the sunny side. When intelligence is independently developed, it's thought that more realistic appraisals of the adversary's situation are likelier. Unified combatant commands are, according to the U.S. Joint Staff, commands with a broad continuing mission under a single commander and composed of significant assigned components of two or more military departments that is established and so designated by the President, through the Secretary of Defense, with the advice and assistance of the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. They report directly to the Secretary of Defense, then to the President, making them in effect the top-level U.S. military organizations. Six of the current UCCs are geographical, focused on a specific area of responsibility. Europe, Africa, North America, South America, Asia and the Pacific, and the Middle East. The remaining three are functional, transportation, special operations, and strategic forces. Cyber Command will become the fourth functional command. The decision is also regarded as a step toward splitting Cyber Command leadership from the National Security Agency, the NSA. Currently, both organizations are led by the same officer, Admiral Michael Rogers. Separation would involve another presidential decision. Ukraine's security services and central bank have warned that country to be on alert for a fresh wave of cyber attacks. The financial sector is thought likely to be especially targeted. The Russia-connected Turla cyber espionage group is back and luring targets with fish bait that looks like a note from Germany's Federal Ministry for Economic Affairs and Energy, inviting recipients to save the date for October's G20 meetings in Hamburg. At least some of the spoofed notes have been in English. Their presentation is fairly convincing. Researchers at security company Proofpoint see novel features in the dropper being used. For one thing, it fingerprints the infected system itself. This was formerly done by the back door, Copa Luwak, it installed. Turla has been around for some time, since 2007 at least, and it's generally believed to be a threat actor run by Russian intelligence services. It's gone by a lot of names. If you're keeping score at home, you may know Turla as Waterbug, Krypton, or Venomous Bear. Turla itself is the name of one of the group's principal tools, other names for which include Snake and Ouroboros, for Turla itself, and Epic Turla, also known as Whipbot or Tavdig. There are reports that GPS spoofing affected maritime traffic in the Black Sea briefly this summer. Observers fear this amounts to Russian demonstration of a new capability. Today, the destroyer USS John S. McCain collided with a tanker east of Singapore. This is the fourth collision in the Western Pacific a U.S. Navy ship has been involved with over the last year, which strikes observers as unusually high. Real Clear Defense reports speculation that ship navigation systems, probably GPS, may have been interfered with, presumably by Chinese operators. After the Charlottesville riot and homicide, industry remains uneasy about the role it should play in policing extremist content online. The Electronic Frontier Foundation warns tech executives that such content policing is a slippery slope. The foundation argues that speech ought generally to be free, and that companies who control vast stretches of cyberspace ought not to become censors. The dangers of unaccountable restriction, the EFF thinks, are great, and likely to be underappreciated. Effectively, they join Cloudflare CEO Matthew Prince's call for some reflection on the matter, 
even as they agree with Prince's own self-assessment that his decision to kick the neo-Nazi Daily Stormer off Cloudflare's service was as dangerous as he felt it to be unavoidable. The companies themselves are in a tough spot. They have their own reputations to worry about, and U.S. law, at least, would generally permit them to decline to provide services. The tech companies are in an even tougher spot in other jurisdictions. Several European countries, notably Germany, will hold third-party service providers liable under laws restricting hateful content. Investigations into last week's jihadist murders in Spain see unusually far-flung connections to Brussels, Wales, and Maryland. There may have been operational connections between the Spanish cell with money laundering operations in the U.S. A Marylander has copped a plea to this one, and logistical support mounted through Wales. Both the U.S. and Spanish ends of the connection are thought by investigators to have contemplated massacres in churches. Significant evidence concerning the Islamist cells has been gathered online. And finally, another initial coin offering, this one for the Enigma platform, has been hacked by crooks. They made off with some $500,000. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Joining me once again is Rick Howard. He's the Chief Security Officer at Palo Alto Networks, and he also heads up Unit 42, which is their Threat Intel team. Uh, Rick, welcome back. Uh, We wanted to talk about the RIG exploit kit today, and uh, you all have seen a marked decline in the use of it. These exploit kits, they started to come onto the landscape around uh, 2006. Okay, Cyber adversaries began to automate the process of exploiting endpoints, so they didn't do it manually every time. And so by 2010, it was fairly common for hackers to sell these collections of tools as a kit in underground markets. They are 
they're basically SaaS applications for cyber adversaries. You know, the cyber adversary compromises a watering hole website. This is a website that they know their victims like to read. And then they redirect a portion of the victim's traffic to these exploit kit SaaS servers. Uh, the SaaS application would then look at the victim's host configuration, determine the specific exploit to run to compromise the victim's machines. And so once compromised, the SaaS application would deliver the malware payload to the victim. And so common names we've seen over the last few years are Web Attacker, Black Hole, Angler, Neutrino, and Rig. And for example, Unit 42 has been tracking Rig for a while now in, in two specific adversary playbooks. One's called EI test and the other one's called pseudo dark leech and I love these names okay man they're fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so now sometime this spring both playbooks okay the adversaries behind them stopped using rig to compromise victim networks they stopped using that exploit kit uh, unit 42 has noticed that adversary playbooks use you they're used of other exploitation kits like you know fiesta and sweet orange they started to drop off too and it appears that Many cyber adversaries are turning away from exploit kits uh, towards spam to compromise their victims' endpoints. Now, it's impossible to know for sure why this is happening. Could be a number of things, right? In May, Proofpoint said that it had been a year since they saw a new zero-day vulnerability in an exploit kit. Hmm. So maybe the price of zero days have made them prohibitive to use in common exploitation kits. I don't know. Also. The industry has gone after the exploit kit infrastructure in a big way. Both Cisco and RSA have coordinated takedown operations this year. And let's give the browser developers from Google some credit. Chrome is by far the largest user base of any browser, about 47% compared to like Microsoft's 19%. And they have significantly upped their game in terms of browser security this past year. So combination of all those things probably is what uh, attributes to this. Exploitation kits have not disappeared by any means. They are still around. This is just an indicator that the landscape is changing, and we should be paying attention to that. All right. Good information as always. Rick Howard, thanks for joining us. Thank you, sir. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hi, everybody. It's Maria Varmazas here, your host over at T-Minus Space Daily, and sometimes a guest on Hacking Humans, too. We here at N2K CyberWire work hard to bring you concise, intelligence-driven news and commentary, and we'd like to know how we're doing. Please take a few minutes to complete our audience survey and share your feedback 
to help us continue to grow and meet your needs. Visit cyberwire.com slash survey. That's cyberwire.com slash survey to get started. Thanks so much for your input as we reach for the stars. It means the universe to us. And now a word from our sponsor, SpyCloud, the leader in operationalizing cybercrime analytics. Traditional threat intelligence is a thing of the past. Cyber criminals are stealing vast amounts of credentials, session cookies, and financial data every day, and it's hard to keep up. SpyCloud is the trusted partner businesses turn to to fully understand their darknet exposure risk and neutralize threats before it's too late. SpyCloud alerts your organization as soon as an employee or customer's data appears on the dark net, so you can act faster than bad actors to prevent cyber attacks like ransomware, session hijacking, account takeover, and online fraud. With insights from the industry's largest repository of recaptured data, protect the digital identities and systems most important to your business. Get your free corporate darknet exposure report at spycloud.com slash cyberwire and see what information criminals have in their hands today. That's spycloud.com slash cyberwire. Cyberwire. 